0: and welcome to Legally Uncensored. I am your host, Demetria L. Graves, Certified Family Law Specialist, aka Attorney in the Pasadena area. Today, we are going to discuss how to properly file your request for custody and visitation. May it you are the, what you feel to be the primary parent or if you are A parent seeking to file to ask for custody and visitation. When does this come up? Well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about filing to open either your divorce case or if you're not married, what we call a paternity case. You have spoken to your family and friends and your support system. You have tried to work this out with your spouse. And the disputes just keep coming. So you're at the point now where someone has to file for custody and visitation. And you all need to have some direction from the court about what will happen next. Now, just a little background, right? For custody, custody, at least in California and in most places, you have two forms of custody you have legal custody. Legal custody is decisions about school, decisions about extracurricular activities. If the kid will have a, our kids will have passports, um, their doctors, their dentists. Typically speaking, and I would say eighty-five percent of the time, parties are going to share joint legal custody. Right, you two should be talking about where the kids are going to school, what activities they're going to participate in. The court typically awards joint legal custody, unless there's something so egregious or one party is just not participating or purposely withholding consent and not communicating with the other party. Those are circumstances where the court will not award joint legal, or maybe if a parent has moved out of the state and decisions need to be made right away, one party might have decision-making authority but still mandated to have the discussion in terms of whatever decision needs to be made. Physical custody is where a lot of the magic happens, if you may, right? That is normally where the parties have the most disputes in terms of where the children or how much time the children should spend with each parent. Um, this gets a little... Complicated if one party wants to move away, we're going to have to do a, a whole nother show on that topic because that gets a little more complicated. And so, what I want to go through today is how to really identify for the, for the court what is actually the problem and what is exactly you want the court to do, right? So, let me kind of set the background for you. Each court, especially now while we're still kind of navigating our COVID experience, has somewhere between 15 to 20 matters on calendar. Now we've added in some of the complications with having people on the phone and our camera. So there's delays there. So trying to manage the calendar, manage technology now while in court, and then of course manage the issues that are before the court. So if you can only imagine that scenario, understand that the courts want to know What is the problem? Why do you feel that this is a problem? And how can I help you resolve this problem? So, with that said, we have to remove a lot of the fluff in terms of personal feelings about the other party and and unless it's endangering the children, or it's it's pertinent to what your request is, your personal feelings against the other party, or their new spouse, or their mom, or their dad, or their cousin, unless it's it's very pertinent to your case. The, the court, uh, I can't say doesn't care, but it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help your case. It doesn't help the court to get down to the meat or the root of what the problem is. And what you're really asking for can kind of get lost in that, right? And then it also goes sometimes to your credibility and how the court is going to listen to you in the future if you're not focused on what the problem is, what the issues are, and how the court can help you. And believe me when I tell you, it took me sometimes in my personal career to say, hey, to tell my clients, hey, let, let's focus on what the problem is. I know you you feel strongly about this person and maybe they did something to you that you feel strongly about. But that's why I always say the family court and your proceeding is about the business of your case, the business of custody and visitation, the business of divorce, the emotional part of this, the family court and the attorneys, although, you know, we have to deal with it, we're not the best equipped to deal with it, if that makes sense. Before you even start writing on the documents that are necessary, I think it's important to identify for yourself, what is the problem? Why is this the problem? Why are we having this dispute about custody and visitation? Is it because we live far away from each other? Is it because our work hours? What is the problem? So I would encourage you to actually write down the actual problem. My kids don't want to go or whatever it is, just write it out so you have an understanding of what it is and If you're feeling strongly about the other's party, I would say on a different piece of paper, not what we're going to submit to the court, but on a different piece of paper, write out everything that is bothering you or frustrating you about the other party. They cheated. They remarried. They get on your nerves. They don't listen. They don't help. Whatever it is, they're not paying support. Put that on a different piece of paper, right? Because That might be what's triggering the problem. That might not necessarily be the actual problem. So what the court wants to know when you are presenting your matter to the court is, what do you feel and what is in the children's best interest, right? So what are some of the things that we should talk about? One, I think it's important to set the stage for the court in terms of you know, how long were the two parties together? Kind of what was the dynamic of your family during that time? Did mom go to work and dad stay home and tend to the needs of the children? Um, what were your work hours? What time did the kids go to school? Do the children, our child have special needs? What are the current work schedules? Has either one of the parties remarried? Are there other children in the house? Are there third-party caregivers that help? What are the sleeping arrangements for the children? What are the age of the children? What are the grades of the children? How are the children doing in school? So these are all factors to basically give the court some background in terms of you know what's going on and what has gone on and help the court kind of decide if the parties are unable to, what works best for the children as we're going through this process. The initial custody order is a temporary order. It's just an order that the court will put in place maybe until things kind of settle down or until one party comes back and asks to modify it or until one party gets settled, whatever the situation may be. So it is an initial order um it might set the precedent for other orders but it is temporary and please note that the courts especially now more than ever are going to try to make sure that the children outside of some emergency outside of a restraining order against one or the other parties will make sure that the children have what we call frequent and continuous contact with both parents because despite how you may feel about each other the Kids ultimately, again, absent any known problems, want to see both parents. So if the court doesn't feel that there's a danger to either from either party, then the court will try to do what is necessary to ensure that the children see both parties. So on that piece of paper, as I mentioned, write down um, what you feel all of these factors are right? So before you start drafting your your thoughts for the court, you know. What days and times do you feel it's best for the children to be with you? What days and times do you feel it's best to be with the other party and why? It shouldn't just be, oh, I'm the only one that can help with homework. I'm the only one, unless there's a known history of that. If, If there's nothing to support that then don't make that claim to the court. Maybe the both of you can help with homework. Maybe there's a tutor. Maybe there's grandma or grandpa that's helping with homework or aunt or uncle, whatever the situation may be. But it's important to write it all down so you know what you're going to submit to the court. What you cannot put in your declaration Is what the kids say. Kids say they don't want to be with mom. Kids say they don't want to be with dad. Kids told uncle. Kids told friend. All of that the court's not going to consider because this is not the kids documents to the court. They are your documents. So there's other ways to get how the kids feel, you know, around a certain age into the court record. But putting what they say in your declaration is not going to suffice. Police reports without a police officer actually being present and speaking to what's in the police report, the court's probably not going to consider because that is not something you wrote. The police officer wrote it bashing the other party. I think that is a sure way for the court to kind of tune out and not kind of listen to what you're saying. If you're if your document is dedicated to just bashing the other party and not getting to the meat of what the problem is and what you're requesting, there's nothing for the court to really do. So again, I would keep it on what we talked about in terms of schedules and times and giving the court more background of what the children have been doing prior to the filing rather than bashing the other party, or going into great detail about the demise of the relationship, Although, you know, the court might want to know why briefly the relationship ended. Details about that are not really relevant for the purposes, unless it it goes to an issue of safety or something like that. Outside of that, I wouldn't spend a lot of time about the demise of the relationship, what the kids say, your thoughts about how the kids feel. Because as I mentioned, I think there are other mechanisms to get what the kids want, their positions and how they're feeling about the matter into the record outside of you telling the court how they feel. And again, as we're talking about the business of your custody filing, as I talk a lot about the business of divorce, when you're writing this, think about, okay, is this a non-business detail, right? The business of custody and visitation is to get a schedule that everybody is aware of, that everyone can follow, that everyone knows. So if it's not the business of what you're doing, then think about if it has a place in in your request. So once you have kind of your thoughts in terms of what you want the court to know, what it is you want the court to order, now you can start writing. I think it's always a good idea to just get everything out first, the good, the bad, and the ugly including all those details that we may not put in your request, but you just need to get out on paper. Once that is done, you can start drafting what you want the court to know. So family law, as we talked about prior to our meeting here today, is it's form-based, it's paper-based, and you want to make sure those documents are done correctly. Most courts have self-help centers. Most attorneys will have consultations or planning sessions with you if necessary to help to make sure you are filing the, the appropriate documentation. Because in the event that you don't file the proper documentation, that can postpone the custody request even further, right? So you wanna make sure it's done right. Everything we talked about will go into what we call a declaration. A declaration is just that you're declaring to the court what it is you want, why you're asking for it, and when you want the court to order it. And so once you get all of your information together, it's done in the appropriate format. It's done on the appropriate documents that will be filed with the court. Once the court receives the documents, You will then receive a court date when you will go to the court and then you will receive documentation to go to mediation. Mediation is a very important tool, in my opinion, because it gives the parties an opportunity to express to a third party what they're requesting and kind of walk through why they want it and then allow the parties an opportunity to come up with a schedule or some type of resolution between themselves. So. At that stage, you might not get everything that you want and the other party might not get everything that they want. But the beauty of it is you get to decide what you're doing with your children, how you're going to do it. And there's some certainty in having that agreement. Because if you don't have that agreement, you're gonna go on to court and then the court's gonna tell you what you're going to do with your children. And sometimes that uncertainty creates a lot of anxiety and nervousness for people because you don't know how the court is going to respond. So that's very scary. And we're going to talk about court and the first day of court in another episode. But once you file, you'll have mediation. And then the other side is going to have an opportunity to respond. So they have to get the documents. Do not go to court and say, oh, I didn't serve the other party. It will definitely postpone the court's ability to hear your case. So the other side will also have an opportunity to tell the court their side of things and why they want or not want what you may or may not want. So you both have an opportunity to present what you feel is appropriate for your children to the court. And as I said, you go to mediation. If mediation is unsuccessful, then you go on to a court hearing, which we will talk about later. But I think it's important to note and some tips in doing this is you want to make sure you present in a way that you are handling business, right? That you're doing this because there is a disagreement about how things can go. And essentially you want to smooth things out or you just want some certainty for the kids and the other side in terms of um, what should happen on a temporary basis or maybe a more long-term basis until the issues are, are settled. So as I mentioned before, dra- write out kind of freestyle your ideas on a piece of paper in terms of everything that you're feeling that you're going through that might be frustrating you that way it's all out. And it's not necessarily in the court documents, but it's in a way are detailed are not detailed on a piece of paper and allows you to express it without necessarily putting it in the court record. And so you're going to also make sure that your documents are done appropriately. They're typed because a lot of times when we write, especially these days with computers and everything, a lot of others might not be able to read our handwriting. And so if you have the ability to type your documents appropriately then I think it's important to do so for the court. So the court can read what your request is and doesn't have questions because of your handwriting, which distracts from what you're trying to get across to the court. And again, to keep it about the business of custody. What am I asking for? Why am I asking for it? And when do I want it to begin? Keeping in mind that outside of exigent circumstances, the court is probably gonna grant joint legal custody to the both of you and then the court is probably going to try to find a schedule or means that the children have frequent and continuous contact with both parents. So if you're working from kind of that area then that kind of helps you structure your request as well. And later down the line we'll talk about if there's a restraining order involved or if one party wants to move away or if you live 20 30 miles away from each other how that impacts the children and how that might impact how you present your information to the court. But you want to be credible. You want the court to understand that you are coming from a place of there's a problem that needs to be resolved, not from a place of I just want to fight with the other party in the presence of the court. That's not what you want. So you want to make sure it's presented appropriately. You want to make sure that you have evidence that the court can actually review if there is a circumstance where you feel that the court should talk to the children or the children need to be interviewed or something along those lines, there's a way to ask for that. But telling the court what the children said and that sort of thing, the court most likely will not include in their decision in terms of what they feel is in the best interest of the children. <laughs> And wrapping up as well, knowing that mediation is an opportunity for the parties to come together and make some decisions themselves about their children. It might not be perfect. It might not be everything that either one of you wanted, but it's still an opportunity for you to decide and not for the court to decide for you. So make sure you go to mediation. I've had cases where one party said, you know what, mediation is not going to work anyway, so I'm not going to go. And at least Los Angeles County, mediation is mandatory before the court will consider your custody and visitation. So if you don't go, or even if the other party doesn't go, it's highly likely that the case will be pushed out until the parties actually go to mediation. Mediation is kept confidential, meaning the parties can speak freely about how they feel or what they want the custody scheduled to be, at least in Los Angeles County. I feel because that way, The parties can have open dialogue about how they want to proceed versus the court knowing everything that either party said. There are some counties that have what we call reporting counties and they listen to the parties and make recommendations to the court. I can see the benefit of of that as well. But in L.A., we still have confidential mediation where the parties can speak freely and try to resolve the issues between them. Important here is to know we are still talking about the business of settling your case. So you want to keep to the business of appropriately submitting your request to the court, understanding about joint legal custody and that the court wants the children outside of some emergency to spend as much time as appropriate with both parents. And you want to make sure your documents are done appropriately and typed if possible. And your opportunity to resolve this in mediation, a lot of times, especially if you're represented by counsel as well, that saves you some money in terms of not having to go to the hearing and have your counsel there. And so this portion was to talk about what should be included in your filing, when to file, how to file. Our next time together, we are going to talk about how to prepare for the court hearing what is appropriate to say, not appropriate to say, and just your presentation to the court, because I, I do think it matters how you're presenting your side of things to the court, if if you're represented or not represented, in a way that the court listens, understanding as I mentioned, that they have so many other cases on calendar. I'm sure they want to get really down to the bottom line of what is in front of them and handle it appropriately, especially in light of so many people being so aggressive and so nasty to one another. You can really set yourself apart if you're not, if you really present this in a business-like way and hold yourself out as such as well. I hope you've learned about preparing your written documents, preparing your case and getting ready for court. And we will talk about that in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about presenting about custody if you have any questions about custody, if there's something you want me to cover that I didn't cover or if you just have questions, comments, concerns, you can email me at Demetria at Graves Law Firm, CA com, or I am on all social media platforms. You can inbox me. I do check on occasion my inbox messages. And until next time, I am Demetria L. Graves. Have a great day.